Hi, you're listening to the Urban Uncovered podcast with me, your host, Ayat Arabian. So today we're going to be talking about the science of laughter. Uh, and I hope you guys are having a wonderful vacation filled with it, filled with lots of laughter. Now, there has been a, quite some misconceptions about you know, the science of laughter, and that's why I wanted to address it. You know, starting off with Nietzsche, he thought that humans were the only animals um, that could laugh. That's false. Um, all mammals can. You know, uh, so do rats. Um, but let's go back to the real deal now. Why do humans laugh? You know, if if you ask human beings, uh, like, when do you laugh? They'll talk about uh, comedy. They'll talk about humor, about jokes. If you look at when they laugh, they're most likely laughing with their friends, right? When we laugh, we laugh with people. And we're actually hardly ever laughing at jokes, you know? We most likely aren't laughing to, you know, um, well, because something's funny. You're laughing to show people that you understand them, that you agree with them, that you're part of the same group as them. Um, You're laughing maybe to show that you like them. You might even love them. You're doing all that at the same time as talking to them. And, you know, the laughter is doing a lot of that emotional work for you. So, yeah. Now, uh, let's dive into the work of Robert Provine. Because um, he interestingly, interestingly pointed out that um, the reason why we are laughing uh, uh, when, um, you know, when we hear funny laughs at the start is that, well you can catch laughter it's kind of contagious you know what i mean in a conversation so yeah you're most likely to catch laughter off somebody else if you know them so and that's that's you know still modulated but by this social context so you have to put humor to one side and think about the social meaning of laughter because that's where it's you know origins lie now there are different kinds of laughters obviously and today since this is a neuroscience podcast we're going to be diving into the neurobiological evidence about how human beings vocalize um which can suggest that there are two kinds of laughs that we have so it seems possible that the neurobiology for you know a helpless involuntary laughter um might have a different basis to it than some of the more polite social laughter that you encounter you know which isn't horrible laughter but it's behavior somebody's doing as part of their you know communicative act to you part of their interaction with you they're choosing to do this so in our evolution we've developed two different ways of vocalizing involuntary vocalization are part of an older system that the more voluntary vocalizations like the speech um that i'm you know recording right now for you um might differ from you know um so yeah now um why so um now you can you know people people we tend to have the ability to uh tell the difference between a real and posed laughter so yeah they seem to be different things to us interestingly you see something quite similar uh with chimpanzees chimpanzees laugh differently if they're being tickled than if they're you know playing with each other and we might be seeing something like that um you know um in rats as well so it's quite it's quite something shared by all primates and um so yeah difference between fake and real laughter real laughs are longer they're higher in pitch when you start laughing hard you start squeezing air out of your lungs under much higher pressure than you could ever produce you know voluntarily um yeah 
yang like i don't know say but for example i could never pitch my voice that high to sing um and you know when you laugh like you, you have that rawful laugh you start to get these sort of contractions and weird whistling sounds all of which mean that um real laughter is extremely easy or feels extremely easy to spot and contrast pose laughter we might think it sounds a bit fake right actually it's not it's actually an important social cue we use it a lot and we're choosing to laugh in a lot of situations and it seems to be its own thing you know um so yeah for example you find a nasality in pose laughter that kind of um ha 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 sound that you never get you could not do if you were laughing involuntarily so they yeah they do seem to be generally these two different sorts of things um so yeah now by the way uh this, there has been work done where uh they saw the you know how the brain responds to different types the two different kinds of laughter so uh when you hear real laughter and when you hear pulled laughter the brains are responding completely differently significantly differently what you see in the you know uh in what lies in the auditory cortex the brain kind of responds more to the real laughs and um yeah so when you hear somebody laughing involuntarily um yeah and it's very unambiguous and it seems to be you know associated with a greater auditory processing of such noble sounds but um when you hear someone um laughing with like a posed laugh uh, brain areas light up that are associated with mentalizing so um theory of mind thinking about what somebody else is thinking um so yeah it's quite interesting laughter is um, always meaningful you're always trying to understand it in context even if as far as you are concerned at that point in time it has not necessarily anything to do with you you still want to know why you know people are laughing around you um so yeah now uh, by the way um age plays a role so as you get older you get better and better at spotting the spotting your laughter so yeah uh six-year-olds are at chance they can't really hear the difference by the time you are older you get better but interestingly you do not hit peak performance um yeah uh, i mean several data sets have shown that um you, you kind of um you can't really understand laughter fully by the time you hit puberty and you don't understand laughter fully by the time your brain has matured at the end of your teens so it's only later on like in your adult life that you do so yeah now if we turn the question around and say now say okay now what does laughter sound like in terms of being real or posed but we say how much does this laughter make you want to laugh so how contagious is this laughter to you here you can see a different profile so the younger you are the more you want to join in when you hear laughter uh you know what i mean now everybody young and old obviously finds the real laughs more contagious than the pose laughs but as you get older it becomes less contagious to you now either we're all just becoming really grumpy <laughs> as we get older or it may mean that as you understand laughter better and you're getting better at doing that you need more than just hearing people laugh to want to laugh you need the social stuff there so yeah we've got a very interesting behavior about which a lot of our lay assumptions are incorrect but i'm hoping you're coming to see actually that there's even more laughter than to laughter than you know what we know about because it's a very important social emotion that we should look at because it turns out people are you know phenomenally announced in terms of how we use laughter um 
yeah i mean there's a very lovely set of studies coming out from um robert levinson's lab in california where he's doing a longitudinal study with couples so he gets uh, married couples men and women into the lab and he gives them stressful conversations to have while he wires them up to a polygraph so he can see them becoming stressed so you've got the two of them in the in there like in the lab and um so um and he'll say to the husband like oh tell me something that uh, your wife does that irritates you and uh what will obviously show later on um as he runs through with that you can see the people physically becoming more stressed and what he found was that couples who manage the feelings of uh stress with laughter aka positive emotions not only immediately become less stressed they can see them uh, you know physically feeling better they're dealing with this unpleasant situation better together they're also the couples that report higher levels of satisfaction in their relationship and they stay together for longer so yeah so when you look at close relationships laughter is a phenomenally useful index of how people are regulating their emotions together so we're not just emitting it at each other to show that we like each other we're making ourselves also feel better together so yeah um i hope this episode has been of good use i'll be talking to you very soon um and yeah goodbye thank you for listening